Why don't you enliven me? <laughs> oh my god. Welcome to Bloodbath, the true crime podcast, not a podcast that just quotes the office. I'm Ashley. And I'm Jamie. <laughs> not a podcast that was just me correcting your grammar constantly. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, a little bit of that. That's the side hustle. Wait a second, wait. Did you say true crime? Yeah. So like if I'm like creeped out and like offended <laughs> and this probably isn't the podcast for me you can't sit with us oh what like if i'm like easily triggered by gory details like you think i should stop listening we really don't stray away from it even though we hate it too oh okay good to know good to know yeah thanks ashley <laughs> be sure to rate review and subscribe wherever you get podcasts time for the show So when like Halloween, it's October spirit, I guess you could say, I wanted to do a case that was based off people being really dumb because of a movie, even though like anyone in their right mind can watch a scary movie and know that they shouldn't go out and murder people. Just like, you know, when you have traumas from your childhood, like we all do, like maybe don't go off murdering people. Maybe just like get some fucking therapy. You know, you know, talk talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Make a friend. Not a friend that also wants to murder. No. Don't have those that's kind not, of conversations. That's how they happen. <laughs> how do they Here happen? Here I go killing again. <laughs> you that too? Was a friend. <laughs> I'm killing boys. <laughs> <laughs> Another movie. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm going to cover the Scream-inspired murders. Ooh. There is multiple of these, which is really scary. But like... I mean, it's a dude that goes around just killing people to kill people, you know? So I feel like anybody could say, I was inspired by the movie Scream. Like, shut up. Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, going around with the knife, like, okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> get a better hobby. <gasps> I don't Ooh, know. Kill Bill. Yeah. Dude. I'm going to get some, a katana. Just wait. Okay. Shut the fuck this up. This is fun. Whoa. This is fun. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Miss thing. So... Our victim's name is Cassie, and she was born December 21st, 1989. Her whole name is Cassie Jo Stoddart. Mm-hmm. Okay, Cassie, I keep wanting to say Casey because it just seems that's what my brain does. So correct me if I do. Please. Well, for sure. For sure. It's Cassie. I keep like, I, you've heard me today, like, Cassie, 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 <laughs> trying to get my brain ready. She was an all around really great kid. She had straight A's, didn't drink, didn't do drugs. Like she actually did not. And she even had a boyfriend in high school. Like, she even had a boyfriend. But she had a boyfriend that was respected by her peers. So, all around, just a good, good child. She's 16. Cassie's uncle and aunt had recently moved from the very busy San Francisco Bay Area to Pocatello, Idaho. (laughs) You said it just like my... Pocatello? My family who's from Pocatello. Ooh. So, you'll have another reason why you know it then. Okay. Uh... They moved there in 2005 with their three children. Two of them are from previous marriages and the one they have themselves. But they're a big, happy family. Okay. Everything's fine. Until it wasn't. (laughs) Oh, no. It was all going so well. It was all going so well. Until it wasn't. Uh, It was and still is considered a small city as far as, like, cities go, you know? It's way more populated by conservative people and over half the population are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Mormons. <laughs> You're in a cult. Call your call dad. Your dad. <laughs> Luckily, this has nothing to do with that. I'm okay. just giving a little s- small town murder, I guess, yeah. at the moment. <laughs> we got some demographics now. <laughs> yeah. Getting a real good picture. Uh, Cassie's aunt and uncle. Oh, so her aunt's name is Allison. Uncle's name is Frank. It's not too important, but like, so we have names, okay? Okay. So her aunt and uncle were looking to get away from that busy life, and they wanted to be in a secluded area, you know? In 2019, the population of Pocatello, Pocatello, mm-hmm. was only 57,000, and I looked up the population now, and it's at like 55,000, which is really small for like a city. It is, yeah. Yeah. And also, if your brain is firing those why do I know that name? Pocatello? Pocatello? <laughs> you can say Pocatello because that's how it, it sounds how, when you're there. Yeah. Okay. 
If your brain is like, why the fuck do I know that name? Yeah, that's where abducted in plain sight happens. Oh, gross. <laughs> it makes me so angry. It's <laughs> why. <laughs> if if the facepalm was an event. Was like a TV show. It's that. It's that. It was a documentary. It is that. <laughs> the epitome of facepalm. <laughs> asterisk, asterisk. Seriously. It was sparkles. <laughs> no (laughs) yeah so never gonna cover that i'm sorry not just watch watch it just watch it if Mm -hmm. you really want to or don't if you want to not be mad (laughs) so the home they moved to from san francisco and i'm assuming san francisco doesn't really have like country people far apart area right san francisco is like one of the most highly dense places other than like new york exactly so from moving from there, they moved over to a four-bedroom, three-bathroom, a basement, two acres of land on a home located on Whispering Cliffs Drive. Whispering Cliffs. I am obsessed with that name. That is a horror movie. It's so creepy. I it's love creepy. it. And it's not from what happens. Just the, just the, it's a very Haunting of Hill House vibe That's, to it. I was thinking that, or uh, Crimson Peak. Yes. See, I love it. I love, I love it. <laughs> So they went from in the nooks and crannies of in the burbs. <laughs> yeah. To oh, we have land now. Out in the boonies. <laughs> exactly. But like still civilized. Yeah. Which is basically Idaho. It's just your neighbors our neighbors are just a little bit further away than they would be in the city. Which is nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> Idaho's gorgeous, man. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We're touching the state with our state. Wait. <laughs> I don't. You need a nope, map. Nope. Okay. They're going to cancel me. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. She's doing great. <laughs> She's part of the 68 Club. Yep. <laughs> Actually just flew to Idaho last month, so. Just casually. And then you had lunch. Solo. By myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was that the one you had to make a pit stop at? Because um. <laughs> oh, no. That was it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. All right. Continue All right. with your story. The Jesus. The following year in 2006, Frank and Allison, her aunt and uncle, mm-hmm. wanted to get a weekend getaway they just wanted to go out this is like a little less than a year or a little over a year of them being there uh but in order to do that they needed someone to watch over their house and their two two dogs and two cats their obvious first choice was cassie as she had babysat their children and kept them alive so they were like hello will you watch our house please and take care of the pets and she wanted to make some extra money because she was saving up to buy a car herself and she was like, hell yeah. And she loved being at their house. Like, there's no there's no brainer about it, you know? When uh, she got there, she asked them if Matt could come over, which is her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, t- totally. Totally fine. Because she's trusted. Because she's a trusted 16. How many trusted 16-year-olds do you know? I don't know any. I don't know any 16-year-olds either. But <laughs> I know a 13-year-old I don't trust. <laughs> Looking at you, gremlin. (laughs) (laughs) So Cassie was a junior at Pocatello High School, and that's where she met her boyfriend, Matt Beckham. Such a cool last name. Wow. When September 2006 rolled around, they had been dating for about five months. Around 6 p.m. This is like my third time saying this, guys. So bear with us as we act like we didn't hear this. (laughs) There's a bear with us? (laughs) Rawr. (laughs) Rawr. Do the roar. (laughs) So... Matt's dropped off at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Aunt and uncle go on their merry way. They put in a movie. They watch Kill Bill 2. Wow. Wow. Weird. You didn't even know that. You didn't know in the beginning. <laughs> I didn't though. know that. <laughs> now I know it. Matt had also invited two of his friends over. Dick move. Dick move without asking her. Dick move. Dick move. Come on. Come on, Matt. Do better. But like, it's okay because you've gone through a lot of stress. Anyway, his two friends, Tori Adamkick and Brian Drapper. Or Draper, D-R-A-P-E-R. I'd say Draper. I, I don't call them by their last name anyway. I don't, I don't even want to call them by their first name, but whatever. Bad that guys. was English. <laughs> I understood it. <laughs> <laughs> so a little tiny, itty bitty bit about Tori and Brian. Brian spent most of... The most... <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me slow it down. A little about Tori and Brian. <laughs> Brian spent most of his childhood in Utah until his parents decided to move to Pocatello, Idaho. 
He knew Matt since the seventh grade and met Tori in, in his junior year at Pocatello High School. The three of them, them, became good friends. And then Matt started dating Cassie and the four of them became friends. Cassie more so just like tolerating them as her boyfriend's friends. Not like actual, like, hey, want to hang out? You know what I mean? Uh, Brian and Tori got along quickly after realizing that they both had a passion for films and especially horror movies. And you know where this is heading. <laughs> this is why I don't watch horror movies. I don't like <laughs> oh them. Oh my God. And yeah, I'm not a killer. <laughs> so Cassie was pretty irritated that Matt invited them over without asking her because she did not tell her aunt and uncle. And she's a responsible 16 year old. Responsible. Fucking makes sense to me. Think about it. Makes sense. She has every right to be upset. Uh, yeah. But Matt just reassured her that they would just. We're going to watch a movie. They're just going to hang out. Like, nothing bad would happen. Like, the, no party would happen. And Cassie agreed. And she was like, okay. As long as we're respectful. Whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she gives the four boys, or three boys, sorry, a tour of the house. Cool. And while showing the basement being the last area that they showed her, which makes me think that it's like a refurnished type of basement where it's like almost a another room. Furnished. Yeah. Yes. Where it's just like there's like a pool nice. table and like a couch, something like yeah. that. Because like, why would you show a basement with boxes? Or they were they asked because they like the creepy stuff. Because while down there, fucking what's his face, McGee Brian, <laughs> I lost my mm-hmm. my place. He unlocked the back door that was in the basement that led to the backyard. No, yeah, no. So that they had a way in later. That's really. That's premeditated. That is pre-meditated. Right there. (laughs) But wait. (laughs) There's more. And the four of them all returned to the living room and continued to watch movies. Just as as Matt said. Like, it it did go as planned, but, like, not as planned. A couple hours pass, and Brian and Tori are just like, okay, this is boring. We thought there was going to be a party. (laughs) Fucking Matt said no. Even though they knew that there wasn't. They they needed an excuse so they tell cassie and matt that they're gonna go to the movie theater and cassie was pretty happy about this she was just like you know okay bye and i'll be lying to my aunt anymore and i'm gonna be stressed out and i gotta be alone with my boyfriend yeah win 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 where is the lose no wait there is none so after tori and brian leave about 15 minutes pass by and the power goes completely out in the house this is a huge house i've gone over how big this house is mm-hmm. and matt and cassie are 16 years old obviously you're gonna be fucking scared and you're not gonna you're probably not gonna go down to the basement that you know has the circuit breaker when you're a 16 year old in a house that's not yours you know mm-hmm. and that's exactly what they don't do <laughs> they're just not they're not about it and, uh, well you would have been killed on the spot so oh just okay so you know. <laughs> i mean <laughs> we'll get into that later oh there's this these boys Mm-mm. And we have a mommy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> to make things even worse, one of the dogs that they're watching starts growling at the basement door. Oh, my stomach just Matt's dropped. the one that like mentions that later in like this weird thing happened, you know? And they're just like, no, <laughs> we're just sit here. We'll wait. Hopefully it'll turn back on. Matt had a bad feeling about everything. Good on you, Matt. Called his mom to tell her what was happening and asked if he could stay with Cassie. His mom, being a responsible mother to a 16-year-old boy, rightfully said no. (laughs) (laughs) I think no. I think no. But she did offer for Cassie to come stay with them. But Cassie being Cassie and being responsible with having to look over that house and look over these pets said no. I need to stay where I said I would stay. And that would end up getting her killed. Oh, my God. It breaks my fucking heart. Because, like, she had an out. She had an out. And I've had those moments where I was, like, babysitting overnight. Mm-hmm. And I'd have my mom come to me. I'd be yeah. like, I can't, I can't sit here by myself. Can't. This isn't my home. I don't feel comfortable. It's so scary. And, like, she's just trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and do right by her, her aunt and uncle. It makes me so sad. So, just as planned... Matt's mom came and picked him up as scheduled at 11 p.m. They said their goodbyes, their last goodbyes. Mm -hmm. And he let her know that he will call her when 
he gets home. I don't I think either before he left or maybe when he got home or something. I can't remember when. I don't remember reading it. But Matt and Tori talked on the phone at one point between the time of him being there, them leaving, and him going home. And Tori was whispering. And he's like, why are you whispering? He's like, oh, I'm in the movie theaters. No, he was in the fucking basement. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. (laughs) I'm turning to my Mm mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every time I fucking love it. (laughs) So much that I'm feeling. Yeah. I don't like home invasion stuff no it's that's the mo- the movie strangers which i think is also based on a true story i can't do it it's just they're just in like a cabin and you just want to be in the forest and have some peace and tranquility and <laughs> hang out and then you're just violently murdered for yeah. existing maybe this is why i want to be like nomadic because like i this is why you want to be up in the fucking clouds no yeah, exactly get, well <laughs> nomadic Watch where like your um move on my own your people i don't have like a house yeah which is totally up your alley which by the way if you i was thinking about this the other day for flight 705 sorry just to flash back to that episode yeah they would not have heard him because they're wearing headsets Mm. they wouldn't have heard him come in or swing oh my god that was like blindsided yeah literally something that just popped in my head the other day those things are loud all right so september uh saturday september 23rd 2006 12 15 a.m so brian just left like an hour ago mm-hmm. now we're into the next day quotes <laughs> it's not the next day to me until you've gone to sleep right. but scientifically <laughs> <laughs> it's science <laughs> 12 15 a.m he calls her no answer uh this was only a little more than an hour after he just left then that morning at the appropriate hour to call people <laughs> Not that that wasn't appropriate, but you know. <laughs> he called Cassie approximately 15 times. Ruh-roh. Uh-oh. Cassie's mother had also been texting and calling her, but there was no answers. And get this. Matt has spent Saturday evening with Tori. It was... E- <laughs> mm. And was even expressing to him how he was worried about Cassie since she wasn't answering his his phone calls. Mm-hmm. And he asked him if he could take her over to his to her aunt's house. And he was like, no, I don't have enough gas to get there and back. No, what you can't do is show him her dead body that you just mutilated with your other friend. Right. And then Matt stayed the night with him. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. Now, knowing that these kids just fucking murdered his girlfriend these fuckheads i do want to know why because like the mom couldn't get a hold of her either why did nobody go go over there there? and i know like it is a good amount of distance but like your daughter's gone for the weekend and you you don't you know what i mean yeah it's i'm not blaming her in any way i'm just why did nobody go check yeah because by the time the autopsy is done she's been dead for two days Oof. she died that friday like I have a few questions. <laughs> so the entire night was planned by Brian and Tori. And I'm going to play 33 seconds of this 90 second clip of them beginning the filming stages. They do not film from what we know of the actual murder. I I would never put that. No, <laughs> that would never mm-hmm. be in here. It's you're going to hear those voice. Mm, you're going to hear their voices and you're going to be like, what the fuck? So here's the beginning of their homemade film i guess we can call it should be no odd against killing people i know it's a wrong thing but hell hell you restrict somebody from it they're gonna want it more we found our victim and says maybe says maybe she's our friend but you know what we all have to make sacrifices our first victim is going to be Cassie daughter. She's going to be alone in a big, dark house out in the middle of nowhere. How perfect can you get? I, I mean, like, holy shit, dude. I'm horny just thinking about it. Hell yeah. Your I was face. 9.50. Wait. Wait? Yeah. <sighs> By the way, that's Brian talking. What? So when we get deeper into this, you're about to be like, excuse excuse me like how stupid are you actually i hate it i hate it all I, yeah nope. return return them <laughs> they, return them these are 
Try again. Defaulted. I don't want them. <laughs> These are defaulted. <laughs> I don't want them. It's not the word I was looking for, but... I love it. <laughs> There's an error. Broken. In <laughs> Send back. <laughs> Did these come with a receipt? <laughs> so two days passed by, and Matt had left Cassie. Her aunt and uncle and her three cousins are coming home now. Cassie's 13-year-old cousin is the first one to go into the home. Yeah. Mm. The front door was unlocked, which she found odd, but thinking Cassie just didn't lock it. You know, she went in. And that's when Frank and Allison heard her screaming from the living room. They ran inside to find out what was wrong. There was blood fucking everywhere on the carpet, on the furniture, on the walls, next to the couch. And then also next to the couch, they found a pool of blood and Cassie's lifeless body. It's only in the living room, though. There was none anywhere else. And this 13-year-old girl just found her. I have this at the end, but I can just say it now. They, her cousin tried to kill herself years after. And it's understandable. The mother, her aunt, fell into such a depression that she lost her job. It took years to sell this fucking home. Nobody wanted it, knowing what happened. And it, there's so many more victims to a case than just the person murdered. Or almost murdered. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, it breaks my heart. Immediately, they call 911. And they let them know, like, there's no way that she's being revived. Like, CPR will not happen. And they have to call up her mom. Mm -hmm. And her her dad is her stepdad. But, like, he's, like, he's her dad. He's her dad, yeah. And they're informed that their daughter has been murdered. And... The investigation begins. Obviously, the first thing they're going to do is put up the family into a hotel, get the crime scene going. And like you're coming home from a week and get away. And now you're just brought with this and you can't even be in your own home. I don't think they're ever going to go on vacation again. I don't know. You know, how do you like, oh, the anxiety. They ruled out a burglary, <laughs> Ashley's favorite word, <laughs> Nice. as nothing had been stolen and forced entry was also taken off because there was no, there was no area whatsoever of forced entry. So they knew either A, a door had been, been unlocked or B, Cassie knew them and she let them in mm-hmm. thinking she can trust them. The only room that had any evidence was the living room. The entire rest of the house was clean. Also, so we're not all worried. The dog, the dogs and cats were completely fine and they were put into a room. Okay. So the boys put them in a room mm-hmm. and then went after her. Yeah, I know. Cassie's autopsy was completed and it revealed the brutality of her murder. She had been stabbed. 30 times in her chest, back, neck, and abdomen. Nine to 12 of those were fatal. She had defensive wounds on her hands and arms, and it was estimated that she had been dead for two days, meaning she was murdered Friday. So Mm -hmm. by the time that Matt left and got home, she was fucking killed. (sighs) That's like this heartbreaking. It is. So the investigators have to start somewhere, and obviously they're going to start with the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. he's the last person to see her and he's the boyfriend like that's just it's, it's like if you go missing they're gonna look at me <laughs> like, yeah. i'm gonna be the first suspect <laughs> so they singled in on matt beckham and this attack was absolutely vicious and usually with an attack like this it is with a romantic partner yeah it's, it's not personal just, exactly very personal But to their surprise, Matt was super eager to work with investigators with anything that they needed. Anything at all. Which could be taken both ways. I was going to say, like, that's the close you are. But he was like, here's my phone. Here's my records. Here's my mom. Like, here's my alibi. You want my blood? You want (laughs) my semen? Whatever. Whatever it it is. Ready. He gave them a detailed timeline of the evening and mentioned Brian and Tori. Told him about the phone call to his mom about Cassie staying over and the lights going out. And then about the two boys leaving early. Mm-hmm. He said his mom picked him up and all, and all the phone and text records, they all showed the truth. 
on top of his mom picking him up he also didn't have a car and yeah so what like is he gonna walk away. back <laughs> no there's no. no way and he was with his mom mm-hmm. like she's not lying <laughs> invest he's she's not the mom She's yeah, I figured. <laughs> not the mommy. Not the mommy. It's Tories. <laughs> Investigators were pretty sure Matt had nothing to do with, with Cassie's murder. And the more they questioned him and looked into his alibi, they were like, okay, it's not him. Time, time to move on. So they asked him about his friends, Brian and Tori. Matt said he was better friends with Tori and that Cassie knew them, but they weren't close. But there was a couple of times where they did take some moves at her. Oh. But she didn't like them she liked matt yeah motive question mark but it's not like that's a pretty weak motive but it happens as we've experienced <laughs> it's scary as hell the i'm pretty sure the other scream murder is from her telling him no great that i don't want to be with you and yeah. love that for us i love that for us <laughs> katie's gonna love you said that i'm um, <laughs> So now we're going to go into September 25th, 2006. Brian and Tori and their parents were brought into the separate interrogation rooms. They're only 16 years old, so they're allowed to have their parents with them. Mm-hmm. Tori had told his mom before they went to meet the detectives that he was with Matt and Brian and Tori. They were all together in Cassie that night, mm-hmm. but he had nothing to do with the murder. Right. right he right. didn't do it. I was there, but I didn't do but it. But I didn't do it obviously she believes him which is okay when there's no evidence presented to you yet Mm -hmm. however she still thinks he's innocent to this day to this day Mm -hmm. yeah she heard that clip right Mm -hmm. i mean the entire fucking oh oh do i have a treat for you guys Uh oh i found the transcripts the entire court transcripts and it is going to be the first thing linked in the show notes Oh, I thought I was almost done with this case. And then I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Still, still thinks he's innocent. Not like innocent, but like innocent. Not fully innocent. Like but he's like, involved, but he didn't kill her. But he didn't kill her. Yeah. But he did. So it's weird how that happens. Ugh. Stop it. <laughs> the questioning was going on. And over time, the boys became more and more frazzled frazzled (laughs) not being able to reconcile their alibis they were just kind of oh no oh no the stories don't match it's like when you're (laughs) when you're doing an application online and you get to that section where it asks you all the questions about like how you work but they're all worded differently oh yeah yeah i hate that shit i would never last in an interrogation i'm like you already asked that in a different (laughs) (laughs) and they'd be like okay we'll answer I was like, how'd I answer the last one? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're trying to trip you up. I know. So they say that after they left Whispering Cliffs, they went to move to the movie theater. They had nothing to show that they had gone to the movies. And when the detectives asked Brian, so what movie did you see? He said, Pulse. And they said, oh, what's the the storyline? I don't know. Oh, my God. What happens in it? I don't really remember. I was kind of bored with it. Huh. can you imagine the look that these detectives probably had okay wait a second wait a second ashley falls asleep <laughs> during the hobbit at the movie theater <laughs> it's midnight what premiere. happened in the hobbit when oh well what if i got murdered he that night he didn't say he went to bed they were like hey what's your alibi i went to sleep exactly. my alibi is where my phone pings at <laughs> now because <laughs> no matter what <laughs> i'm gonna get a notification so day three comes around. They're not getting really too far with them, which they held out for three days. That's a long time. For Especially, a 16 year old. Oof. You know? Yeah. But also Tori has his mom on his side. So that helps probably. Also not saying them holding off for three days is like cool by any fucking means. Just just shows how calculated and disgusting they really are. I mean, shit. What? I almost said Brian Laundry, The other <laughs> dude that's just like him. Chris Watts. Chris Watts. He cracked in like three hours so (laughs) day three brian would finally crack say crack again crack (laughs) he and tori went to cassie's house that night this is his story okay Mm. is he sticking to it oh no he's well mm. okay (laughs) 
She was giving them a house tour. He unlocked the back door to the basement so that they could go in later. After watching part of the movie with Matt and Cassie, he and Tori left, telling the two that they were going to the movie theater. But they never actually left the property. They just drove a little down the ways, put on their Halloween masks and gloves, grabbed the knives they bought. They bought they, fresh knives They for bought this? fresh knives. They went to a pawn shop and bought fresh knives. Okay. And went into the basement. They turned the power off, hoping that Matt or Cassie or both of them would come down to the stairs to fix the circuit breaker. Mm-hmm. And kill both of them. Very sweet. Mm-hmm. And Matt ended up yeah. staying, staying the night. Yeah. The next day. They were willing to kill Matt too. They were wanting to kill Matt too. I don't understand why. Oh. Oh, scream. No, but... Well, but <laughs> That's ha. not actually why, but... But like... <laughs> why? Except Brian didn't go down there. He was also nervous, which... Good job, Brian. Use he had a bad feeling, and he used that bad feeling, and he yeeted himself out. Okay, he Han Soloed, and he tried to yeet his girlfriend out too. He tried, mm-hmm. but she is responsible, man. Ugh. So, in the interrogation room, telling the detectives this, he didn't say that they were going to kill them. No, no, he confessed that they only wanted to scare them. Interesting. <laughs> I just cannot. I cannot. However. The audio played from earlier. Yeah, there's more to that. Gross. I don't. And it's Brian who's talking. And it's Brian who led them to the evidence that he and Tori buried after the fact, which has the tape recorder. Here's the rest of that video. I'm just going to play it from the beginning. It's only 90 seconds. I've had to listen to it multiple times. So do you. (laughs) There should be no odd against killing people. I know it's a wrong thing, but hell, hell, you restrict somebody from it, they're going to want it more. We found our victim, and sad as it may be, she's our friend. But you know what? We all have to make sacrifices. Our first victim is going to be Cassie's daughter. She's going to be alone in a big, dark house out in the middle of nowhere. How perfect can you get I, I mean, like, holy shit, dude. I'm horny just thinking about it. Hell yeah. I was 9.50, September 22nd, 2006. We know there's lots of doors. There, there's lots of places to hide. I locked the back doors. That's all locked. Now we just gotta wait. I just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. I'm I stabbed her in the throat and I saw her lifeless body just disappear. Dude, I just killed Cassie. Oh, oh, fuck. That felt like fucking real. I mean, it went by so fast. Shut the fuck up. We gotta get our act straight. Okay. You played yourself, Brian. Whomst the fuck? What in the ass? No. Played yourself. You, congratulations. You played yourself. (laughs) No. You, wrong. Absolutely not. I am. I know. Speechless. It's not okay. And not in a good way. No. Not in a Jodas Brother way. No. No. Mm -mm. It's in a, one, is this what guys do? Do they like sit around in a locker room and talk about their fantasies? And it's like, yeah, I want to fucking, it would get me horny to kill somebody. It makes me horny just thinking about it. Like, and if he was willing to kill Matt too, like, is you gay or is that like not a thing? That's the question. Don't know. Like, yeah. legitimately, are you into just killing anyone and it In gets general. you off, or is it just like? Well, they have more people because there is the transcripts are there. Like, you can read what the courtroom got to actually hear from them. And I'm just gonna say now, they also wanted to be able to sit at the table with Ted Bundy, the Zodiac Killer, and the Hillside Strangler specifically named them seriously yes they wanted to be notorious like them but Get they like <laughs> better role models they think they were better though because they were going to last longer with not getting caught bitch i know you recorded it on the camera you got caught so quick he, they had a i'm sorry just to give into this whatever yeah they had a perfect opportunity to do the do that mm-hmm. they could have not come over or told matt they were coming over at all at all and they could have killed them both there would be no witnesses it's in the middle of nowhere no connection but they needed it to be known sure and they're that's f- fucking idiots well if you want to be one of the uh, 
what's infamous the word? Killers. infamous yeah i was mm-hmm. gonna say great so i was like they're not great no the, want to be infamous yeah you got to play the waiting game and that's just you know what you can't do that nowadays because we have such great technology not even though this is 2006 and they still and they still got got phone records text records like you're fucked why are you guys still killing people nowadays seriously it is 2021 it's practically 2022 <laughs> i always think about this one case in hawaii where this guy was driving around a truck with a dead body and he had his phone on him what and somebody texted him and he got a ping oh in God. the middle of nowhere where there are no other phones <laughs> Huh. And they're like, so what are we doing here? And then they find the body next to that ping. I mean, Brian Laundry. Yeah. The liter- they found the fucking van because of a random other van life family. Yep. That was coincidences aren't real, but like <laughs> that was pure coincidence. We have the technology. It's insane in the membrane. So yeah, they're just now they're just turning on each other left and right. They're like, well, he did that. He did that. And I didn't do this. Man, man. Well, I stabbed her in the back. I didn't stab her in the throat. So it wasn't the fatal one. Tori claims. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was in the room with Brian when uh, he was stabbing Cassie, but that he didn't do it. I don't care what he says. I know. Aiding and abetting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. And it's also a lie. Also, all the evidence that Brian led them to. Here's that list, which I got from the transcripts. He was like, wait, wait, he's geocaching with his fucking... Yes. A hundred percent. Sorry. I had to. <laughs> Stick of matches, which were found on the outside of the hole. What were the matches for? Burning. <laughs> Fire. But what are they... They didn't... Pair of black boots. Uh, Stick matches. A pair... Wait, what? That's in there three... Twice? What is she doing? Okay. A pair of blue rubber gloves. A pair of athletics works brand fingerless gloves a melted down hydrogen peroxide bottle a multicolored mask a large dagger knife with a sheath yep sheath <laughs> the, the, sh- the, the cover okay mm-hmm. <laughs> the sheath <laughs> a silver and black handled knife with a signature of sloan written on the inside a small dagger type knife with a sheath a Sony videotape, which is the one that we heard and the court heard all of it. A black handled serrated folding knife. Later DNA tested revealed that uh, Cassie's blood was present on that knife. Oh, a serrated knife. Mm-hmm. Oh, a partly burned piece of paper with writing and pencil. A red and white mask, which was like blood dripping down this mask. Oh, scary, terrifying. Later DNA tested revealed a partial DNA profile of brian or tori adamic that one mm-hmm. on the mask a single black glove later dna tested revealed a partial dna profile for an unknown male which i'm just assuming is probably somebody who was like trying on the glove and I didn't mean, buy it you said yeah either that or they got the stuff at the pawn shop that too any of that random right a pair of partially burned black puma brand gloves later dna tested revealed that cassie's blood had soaked into these blo- these gloves a blue plastic garbage bag, a partially burned black long sleeve Hager brand dress shirt, a Calvin Klein black dress shirt later DNA tested revealed that Cassie's blood was present on that shirt cuff, a white and gray sock, and a small piece of black cord. All right. So I get what the matches are for. I get yeah, it now. now you get they wanted now. to burn the evidence mm-hmm. and then they fucking scared themselves. They yeeted themselves they out sucked. of the situation before they could do so. Yeah. Also, they burned you, like a few things. You can't but burn knives. They're just you they're stupid, just all around idiots. Stupid, stupid You're an man. Idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot. My God. So yeah, totally not in on it. You know, Tori's just so. I was just standing there. I'm not doing anything. Everything on that list, though, as well. Life is not like the movies, sir. No. Not. <laughs> you don't know. Like, what were you going? I mean, they were willing to kill Matt too. So, like, having more weapons, I guess. Sure. But what, what the fuck? And did you buy that all in one spot? What kind 16 of 16-year-old <laughs> has that kind of money? And what kind of pawn shop is giving it to them? Well, you can buy knives. No big deal. No. So now they have laws where you have to be, like, 16 or 18 or whatever. This is See, this is my problem with us selling our bow. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, it's going to go in the hands of a 16-year-old and he's going to do bad things. <laughs> Could. Could do. I just can't consciously exactly. do it. <laughs> I have to be unconscious. <laughs> oh, okay. Problem solved. I don't know. So on trial, 
obviously this is all played and they got to hear Brian on videotape talking about how they'll make history becoming notorious serial killers quoting Hillside Strangler Zodiac and Ted Bundy Mm -hmm. gross the entire court got to hear all the tapes and uh like I said you can read all of them as well you can deep dive into this case um Okay, so I don't want to be either of them, but we're going to read the transcripts. So we're going to read them together. Rock, paper, scissors. Whoever loses has to be Brian. Whoever wins has to be Tori. Okay. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Meh. I win. Okay. Who am I? <laughs> You're Brian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Brian's filming from the passenger seat. Says, home. My friend's too pussy to go investigate. Turn here. Too smart. Why aren't you turning here, dude? Because it's faster this way. Now you're going to go over. Now we're going to go over to Cassie and Matt's house. If they're home alone, we're gonna. It's Cassie's home. Matt is there. Matt is there. Sorry, we're gonna. Go, we're gonna knock on the door. We'll see who is there. We'll we'll see. We'll see see if their parents are home or not. If they're home alone, we will leave our way and then we will come back in about ten minutes. We'll sneak in through the door because chances are they're probably in Cassie's room. So so so, so we'll sneak in the front door we'll make a noise outside and matt will come out to investigate we'll kill him we'll scare the shit out of him we'll scare the shit out of cassie okay sounds like fun well stay tuned what stay tuned like that they really think they're filming like this is like the opposite of a true crime podcast where they're a vlog (laughs) exactly but they're doing a we are murderers podcast yes which there is a netflix documentary kind of kind of with that name that's terrible they interview killers well, I'm pretty sure it's called I am a murderer or something like that. That's terrible. I don't want to. This is the kind of stuff I don't want to hear. No. Or reenact. Thanks, Ash. Okay. We didn't reenact <laughs> it. We didn't fucking Trisha Paytas this with the John Bonet Ramsey thing. Jesus. So many things have been infuriating. That's why I've been such in a bad mood, maybe. Shark Week, too. Anyway. <laughs> Luckily, Matt was not killed. But the fact that his friends, his actual friends, were going to kill him did kill his girlfriend and then he stayed out of their house that's a special type of fucked up these boys are and if it's like a sexual thing for them like was he standing there with matt in the room like sleeping or whatever and he's just like yeah, yeah i killed his I girlfriend killed his girlfriend and right he's right here or like, was he like shitting his pants <laughs> one or the other i don't think there's any in between no maybe like a little wave of like oh fuck oh yeah i did that oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> so the boys had separate trials. Brian's trial was held on April 17, 2007. Tori's trial was held on May 31st, 2007. They were convicted of first-degree murder, each receiving a mandatory sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole and 30 years to life for being, con- for being convicted of conspiracy to commit murder. Round of applause. For that jury. For that, yeah. <laughs> jury mean, and judge. They fucking sealed the deal. They were like... It was like, a 20-minute case. That was like, <laughs> done, done, done. <laughs> They're like, this took long because of the paperwork. Like, yes, they are children, but they did an adult crime. And, and they knew what they were doing. There is so much premeditation. There's so, so much. much evidence stacked against them. And then they fucking funny. outed themselves anyway. Literally. So... And then Brian trying to be like, I didn't do it. You're dead to rights. You're fucking literally the first thing they hear in the clip. I killed Cassie. Uh huh. And you. Are you dumb? (laughs) After the trial, it was revealed that Brian was inspired to kill by Eric Harris and Dylan uh, Klebold. I never know how to say his name, but they are the two boys that did the Columbian Columbine. 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 Sorry. Shootings. High school massacre in mm-hmm. 1999, which is that super notorious, like cafeteria esque looking film that you can still see online, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying. They're just literally fucking like walking around the AK 47s. Yes, terrifying. Terrifying. Oh my god. And Tori said that he was inspired by Scream, the horror film franchise. They are both serving their life sentence in Idaho State Correctional Institution together. I wonder if they're still friends. <laughs> When they're Wait, mad at each they're other. They're at the same. They're at the same fucking thing. They just they get to play cards together. Not be allowed in the same prison. No, that's what I'm saying. But I hope they hate each other. I hope so bad that they're like, like fucking rivalries together. No, no, no. They're Club 68, dude. There's I know. no way that they were like, oh, well, I'm going to hold a grudge because he outed me or whatever. They're just like, <laughs> well, we, now we're we here. We did this and now we're here. Oh, it makes me so mad. 
But wait, there's more. Mm. They try to appeal. Their attorneys filed separate appeals at the state Supreme Court in September 2010. Full arms up in the air. (laughs) What is there to appeal, sir? And Tori filed in 2011. Uh, I mean, Tori filed in 2010. Brian filed in 2011. They were seeking to have his conviction vacated or to be given a limited life sentence that would allow for his release on parole if approved after 30 years. For what? So there was a new law that came. I don't have notes on this. I just know it. Okay. (laughs) There was a new law that came in during their sentence where Idaho was like pretty much saying if you were convicted as a minor, your things could be looked at again. And if you're like, if you were given a life sentence as a minor, then they could be tried as an adult. Yes. However, the first appeal for both of them came back denied three to two, which is terrifying. Two people said yes. Who the (laughs) fuck? It's because they were kids. I'm sure they were like, well, I guess we'll give them another shot. But no, they would have wasted taxpayers money on. Mm -hmm. There's there's no there's nothing that they could have gotten away with. There is no insanity plea. No, you were in your right mind. You knew exactly what you did. 100%. And you have evidence of it stacked against you, bud. Stacked. Literally, you can hear your own voice. The prison cell clang. <laughs> You're done. If you listen really careful to that tape, you can just hear it. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> clang. Done. The high court vacated. What is the high court? You know? Is that like, like a higher, high court? Maybe? I, I probably should have looked that up. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> The high court vacated Brian's conviction on conspiracy to commit first degree murder, saying that jurors were given erroneous instructions on that charge, but they stayed with the first degree murder and life sentence without parole. As they should. Yes. A high court is the third highest court in the country, and it deals with civil cases and appeals made against decisions in the lower courts. So like big decisions. Yeah. And I mean, everything in this country is tiered anyway. So yeah, you know, civil suits. And then you've got, like, you know, the regular court, higher mm-hmm. court, Supreme Court. Okay. Shit. So they continued to fucking file appeals. Why? Try to, try to get out. They get denied. And then it kind of just came to a point where Brian decided just to take accountability. Good. And he was like, you know what? I did what I did. And I deserve this life sentence. Not that he has a choice anyway. But he's done appealing from... At least now. <laughs> he might get bored later. Unless he's in it for the long game. Because when you... The first part of getting uh, either out on parole mm-hmm. or whatever is accepting and admitting to your crime, even if you didn't do it. That's true. So... Oh, oh no. Yeah. The move, the show. What yeah. is it? Uh, when they when they see us. Watch it. You have to. Mm-hmm. You're going to... You need tissues. You mm-hmm. need them. Tori. <laughs> oh, Tori. Is still trying to appeal. Is not taking any accountability. And his mom is still standing next to him and saying, but my boy didn't do the stabbing. Your boy still drove. Your Your boy still got the knives. Your boy still unlocked the fucking door. Your boy was still trying to do it with his friend. Your boy still said, I'm horny just thinking about it. Literally. And talked about how if you don't want people killing, then don't tell them that they can't do it. They're going to want to do what they can't do. I don't think killing should be illegal. Fuck Fuck off. God. (laughs) Get out of here. Attacked. You canceled. You're you're canceled. Canceled. Cancel culture exists. 100%. For you. Hate it. (laughs) That's the scream case. Thanks. One of them. I hate it. Life is not like the movies. No. Don't fucking do it. Just Just do not. Well. Do not. Do not. (laughs) Uh, You want to hear a weird fact? Yes. And then a scarotonin. And then a scarotonin, which goes in line with this. Wow. uh, So what is it that we call... In America, when you go up to someone's door and you knock or you ring the doorbell and then you run away. Ding dong ditch. Ding dong ditch, right? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> in Scotland, they call it chappy. Chappy. In England, they call it Nicky knocky nine doors. Oh, no. Just found that out today. So <laughs> you're welcome. I like the, the dude for whipped cream. Oh, squirty cream. <laughs> What what country is that? That's in England, yeah. the UK. They call whipped cream squirty cream. It's weird. <laughs> That's my new... Or... or yeah. It's whipped cream. Get out of here. We like our cream a little kinky in the United States. I guess so. Well, so do they, I guess, in England, because it's squirty, squirty king, cream. But also whipped cream. Whipped. whipped. <laughs> Put some whip on it. So speaking of other countries, I wanted to get into the scare tone this week is the history of Halloween. Ooh, love that. Which does come from other countries. I don't yeah. know how much you know about this, 
but I want to get historical. here and there. Yeah. I just like the aesthetic of it. <laughs> so we can't talk about the history of Halloween without talking about Samhain. Okay. Which is spelled Samhain, mm-hmm. S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but I'm, it's Samhain is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. It was a festi- festival celebrated by ancient Celts about 2,000 years ago. Wow. It generally fell on October 31st in our calendar. Mm-hmm. And that's when the days started getting shorter. And it's the halfway point between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. Okay. So like long day of the year, short day of the year. Yeah. It's right in the middle point. The celebration generally lasted three days. It was a celebration of the transition between the lighter and darker halves of the year. It was believed to be a time when the veil between the spirit world and the human world was thin or lifted. Samhain was signif- significant as it thought, oh my God, <laughs> it is thought to have represented the Celtic New Year. So like the dark half of the year is representing the end. Okay. And then yeah. the light half, you know, so it's, a, it's like their new year. Ooh. Some say that the origins predate the arrival of the cults by 2,500 years. So we're looking at almost 4,000 years of tradition here. Oh my God. For Samhain. So the winter months meant that it was time to gather crops that could be kept, sacrifice animals that would not survive. So when you're going through your crops and harvests, yeah. you end up gathering a bunch of food that you need to get rid of before the winter, right? Yeah. So what they do? They had feasts, festivals, that kind of Candy. shit. Candy. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> this is long, long time ago. Candy corn didn't exist yet? It did not. It did not. It did not. <laughs> So they'd have festivals and then it would be a gathering of people who hadn't seen each other in a long time. So big decisions were made, such as who was going to be the next king of each little area or debts were paid. Trials for crimes were held. It was like a big thing, a huge celebration. And they're like, we're all here. Let's get it done. Let's get it done (laughs) before the winter and all of our crops are going to die. We need to move everything into our homes that we can keep and eat everything that we can't because we're not going to waste food. Wow. So big old festival. So, 17th century Celtic-Irish historian Geoffrey Keating states that all current fires were to be extinguished for Samhain, which is kind of cool. Like, every single fire had to be put out, and then a new fire would be lit by the Druids, which are, like, the priests of that time. Okay. And the animals that were sacrificed in the harvest, Mm. their bones would be thrown into the fire. Bone fire. Bonfire. Ooh. Yes. (laughs) Gasp. And from that new fire that the Druids would build, you would... Bring your torch in and bring that to your hearth in your home. So you oh, lit it from the new fire, the new year, that kind of stuff. I'll never see a bonfire the same way again. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Holy shit. Celtic mythological um, uh, important events take place in spaces that offer a shift. So like from dusk or dawn, day mm-hmm. to night, that kind of thing. Uh, dark to light or like the shoreline, the coast to water or co- the water to the coast. That yeah. kind of thing. So that they would, the Druids would practice at those times or in those places. What? So you can imagine the veil thinning would be a huge contributor to these festivities and the Druids practicing divination. Yeah. So it's a big magical time. I love it. And their connection to the spirit world on that night would be much stronger because the veil is thin or lifted. Oh, imagine a full moon. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my God. So powerful. So the idea behind this might stem from Samhain not belonging to either winter or summer, which feeds Mm -hmm. the Celtic belief of the in-between. Yeah. Because they believe when you die, there is an in-between before the afterlife. Kind so, of like soul. <laughs> yes, exactly. So gotta the correlation the of like, belt. huh? <laughs> Got to go on the conveyor belt before you <laughs> <laughs> before you get up there. The correlation of the living world and the spirit world separated by the in between, then transformed into Samhain, representing that in between, and that at a time when you know we the the spirit world was not held down by the physical world mm-hmm. and all those rules. Another myth that is within Samhain is the belief that. Ishi, which is A-O-S-S-I, okay. pronounced Ishi, mm-hmm. would be present. Ishi were described as fairy-like beings with magical <laughs> powers, and they could walk the human realm during Samhain. I want to be them. Fairies are not to be fucked with. Oh, I want to be them. <laughs> Technically, they're evil. Love that. So. But like. But. But how? There have been historical, like, events and drawings of seeing fairies on Samhain, like lighting their fires in their homes and whatnot, uh-huh. but you can only see it on that night. Ooh. You can't enter their homes or look and see them any other night. Ooh. Pretty crazy. Hey, but fairies could be like, quote, evil because they're teeny tiny and they got to protect themselves. And they have the no, they're assholes. Cutest ears ever. They're not cute. Hmm. They're mean. You look up, 
if you want me to cover fairies for you. Yeah, I do. That's why you stay out of the forest. But wait, there's more. Fuck it. Okay. So, you might be wondering, what's the correlation (laughs) between... That's why you stay out of the forest. (laughs) It is. It's not murderers, it's fairies. (laughs) Mushrooms. (laughs) So, the correlation between Samhain and our current celebration of Halloween, kind of not the same, right? No. (laughs) Well, Christianity rolled in. In the 5th century... Ruins everything. Christianity reached Ireland, (laughs) and the Catholic Church decided it was easier to convert Celts by incorporating some of their celebrations, because they're pagan celebrations, and they're like, nope, we got one god. But, uh, you know, I want you to convert to my religion. So if you're going to celebrate something, maybe we can make something work over here. And they did that. They were trying to have a compromise. They did. But, like, they did it wrong. They did. Exactly. (laughs) So they made All Saints Day. And it was initially assigned to May 13th. And the Celts were like, what? No. That's literally middle of summer. Is is on a specific day for a specific reason. Like yeah. November, May thirteenth means nothing to us. Literally nothing. <laughs> so then the church was like, "All right, we'll move it to November first, All Saints Day, and we'll have November second, and that would be All Souls Day." That's Day of the Dead. Wait, get, we'll get to that. Okay, so I'll take things that's not yours. <laughs> no, no, no. They do. It's the Catholic Church. <gasps> so the events of All Saints Day and Sol- All Souls Day would eventually come to resemble the Halloween we know and love today, including the name. The mass that the church would hold on All Saints Day was called All Hallowmas. Mm-hmm. So okay. the mass of all those who are hallowed. Uh-huh. So the night before naturally would be called All Hallows Eve, uh-huh. eventually becoming Halloween. <laughs> so during the 19th century, there was a potato famine that relocated a lot of Irish people to America and they brought with them the traditions we mostly associate with Halloween, like jack-o'-lanterns, which I will be covering the history of jack-o'-lanterns because it's really cool. Love that. So we'll get into that on another scarotonin. But wait. (laughs) There's more. There is more. (laughs) So I want to talk about some hive mentality shit. Okay. Hive mind mentality. Have you heard of it? No. It's the belief that just with bees as well, that's Mm -hmm. why it's called hive mind, they operate under like a singular background control if that makes sense like they have one objective and that's their objective no 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 no. No? so like like there's raccoons in the that are near cities Uh that will wash their hands or their food before (gasps) they eat what whereas rural raccoons won't but eventually generations from now those rural raccoons will wash their food Ooh. and that's a hive mentality is that people who've never met can end up knowing the same thing Whoa, okay. It's really weird. Okay. So, I want to talk about 3,000 years ago, the Aztecs and the Nahua people living in what is now central Mexico Okay. believe that the veil of the living and the dead was lifted on October 31st. Without knowing each other. That's that's <laughs> way far yeah. apart, right? <gasps> what do they know? Exactly. <laughs> Unless we're talking Pangaea and they were all one group at one point, which they were. So, <laughs> But that was, was a long, long time ago. <laughs> So the Day of the Dead tradition started in a completely different part of the world around the same time. And that tradition that is upon dying, a person travels to, this is going to be hard to get to, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying my best to pronounce this, Chakuna Mictlan, uh, yeah. the land of the dead. Okay. And the soul would have to go through nine challenging levels, which another hive mind thing, that was like a Roman thing, was traveling through the seven levels of hell. And there's also another tradition that has nine levels of hell. Okay. But this is just nine levels of the afterlife. And several year journey before they get to their final resting place in Mixlan. Mixlan. That's hard to pronounce. <laughs> in Nahua tradition to honor the dead, the families of lost loved ones would offer food, water, and any tools to help their lost one on their spiritual journey to Mixlan. So they want them to get to their final resting place. Yeah. And that's why they offer food on that night because it's like the veil is thin and they can help their loved one get there oh through the challenging levels. Right? This is making the book of life so much better. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. It really is. <laughs> So this brought out the current tradition of having an altar, or the ofrenda, full of food and offerings for their loved ones and um, on their graves. People would bring pan de animas, or spirit bread, and wine to the graves of their loved ones on All Souls Day. But it was a tradition sometimes to bury your family under the house. Oh, God. So their ofrendas would be right over the dead bodies. Okay. That were buried. I can see why. I can, I can see why. Yeah. No, thank Eventually, you, but I can see why. it moved to cemeteries because yes. they realized... In urns. Can't do that. <laughs> you probably shouldn't do that. How do you move? <laughs> right? Maybe you don't. I don't like that idea. Yeah. The festival is also t- uh, to honor the Lady of the Dead. Mikte Kakilhuatl. Okay. Good job. 
She watches over the bones of the dead and and she swallows the stars during the day. Ooh. So she's pretty pretty cool. <laughs> what cream? <laughs> well, guess who comes to strike again? Yes, it's the Catholic Church. Oh, God. <laughs> and they were taking over the world back in the day. So the Spaniards colonized. Back in the day? Yes. Now it's Christianity. <laughs> which Christians want to be separate from Catholics, even though they all believe the same thing. Jesus. Don't come at me. I've studied religion. Right. Get out of here. Sky daddy, control <laughs> your people. <laughs> so anyway, the Spaniards colonized. Love you, Mom. And they brought the Catholic Church customs, including Samhain, or as they were calling it, All Souls and All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. The Indo-Hispanic Day of the Dead would then be absorbed into the Catholic calendar as well to, you know, keep people converting. That's so gross. They just want to keep it to have more followers when they're exactly. not even like actually respecting it or like contributing to it. Well, luckily, people like to keep with their traditions, and that's what brings us to... El Dia de los Muertos, the Yay. Day of the Dead of what we know today. It's not Mexican Halloween. No, no, no. no. And some people see it that way uh, yeah. because of the skulls and the costumes and the parades. But it's not. But Dia de los Muertos is completely separate. They believe that the border between the spirit world and the physical world dissolves. And it's a two-day celebration from November 1st to November, to November 2nd. Mm-hmm. And confused with Halloween's, like I said, so it's not that. It's a celebration of life and a remembrance for those who have died. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Mexico that celebrates El Dia de... de Oh my God, I'm talking too fast. El Dia de los Muertos. Colombia, Ecuador, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Peru, and Venezuela, to name a few. Mm-hmm. So then you might ask, where the fuck do we get all this trick-or-treating or treating bats and witches and all that Halloween candy. shit and candy? It's uh, it's money. <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, actually kind of cooler than just money. Really? <laughs> so we're going to go back to 1846. Okay. The potato famine. And all of the Irish Catholics arrived in North America at the time. So they, they immigrated here. Uh, they were starving. They had no money. Okay. But they did bring their traditions. So Irish girls would peel apples. And, and it's actually a witch tradition that they would drop them into a barrel of like water or whatever. And whatever shape the apple skin made uh-huh. was supposed to represent the initial of your husband, your future husband. I love that. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> they would roast nuts. They would unravel yarn, stare into mirrors, dip their hands into bowls while blindfolded, trying to figure out what was in it. You know, play Love games, yeah. cook dinners. Um, they played in fires, not played with <laughs> fires, not in fires. My bad. They'd carve out pumpkins. They actual witches. <laughs> <laughs> right. They carved out pumpkins to light the way as they went from house to house. Oh. And for um, All Saints Day in the church, you used to dress up in, as a saint oh, and then go to people's doors and ask for cakes, saint cakes. So mm-hmm. they took that idea and they slipped into costumes and went to house to house just asking for anything. Anything. Yeah. Soliciting handouts. Yeah. But children who had a tendency towards vandalism because... Oh, no. Trick or treat. To, to quote things we shouldn't quote, boys will be boys. <laughs> yes. This, this is where this comes from. This, this is the, that situation where you say it. Yeah. When they're like roughhousing with each other, not when they're molesting and exactly. sexually abusing next door christy not no no that ain't it that no it's when they're (laughs) holding up the tradition of mischief night exactly as it was called (laughs) so mischief night spread quickly through these rural areas on october 31st young men roamed the countryside looking for fun and on november 1st farmers would wake up to find wagons on barn roofs front gates hanging by from trees cows in their neighbor's pastures (laughs) any prank to do with an outhouse was obviously peak yeah you know um and then some students of Halloween maintained that the spirit went on the holiday when plumbing moved indoors. Okay. So that's whatever. That's fine. Um, all this pranking obviously was not liked by people. They were like, uh, please stop telling vandalizing me. Like, our vandalizing shit. our shit. Yeah. My tractor's upside down. My it cow is at the neighbor's house and he won't give it back. He says it's his. Mary, come back. <laughs> I know what spot she has. That's my fucking cow. That is cow. my cow. They don't have a camera to show it either. And this is all culminating up into the 1930s mm-hmm. great depression oh. people don't have money yeah and you're going out pranking and like destroying, destroying their stuff property like they don't have the money to replace it anymore mm-hmm. it's not funny it's not funny anyway yeah like so what do people do they get creative oh no no in a good way okay to keep the pranks you know at an all-time low okay. and keep their sons from running amok yeah <laughs> Exactly. They would organize houses that boasted be haunted or they'd have trails with frights all along it just to keep the guys like 
They hey. have some energy and they're helping them exactly. distribute it. Exactly. They organized trick-or-treating parties, costume parades, and they kept the pranksters, pranksters entertained for the night. Trick-or-treat. And then... Treat. I don't trick you. Exactly. Not going to prank you. I'm going to get a treat. Aww. Then the candy companies were like, that's a great idea. I know. Let's do that. So Love that. There you go. Good job. There's Halloween. That's so good. Day of the Dead's not Halloween. No, it's but not. But cool on the hive mentality even the book of life though makes a little joke about that where she's like do you know what november 2nd is? and he's like gorge on halloween candy day <laughs> she's like no <laughs> that's not it that's not it one of my favorite movies if you haven't seen the book of life you deserve to watch it after listening to today's episode mm-hmm. you should go watch it <laughs> it's good stuff so we will be posting episodes here and there all month we have a listener's episode coming up. So excited. It's our first one. <laughs> Yay. Ooh, I have a correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, you do? I do. Is it for me? N- no, it's for me. Ooh. My mom corrected me. So yes. uh, uh, one of the victims from last week, Dakota, he was not a Duquesne University graduate. He was, uh-huh. a, it's pronounced Duquesne. Duquesne. He's a Duquesne University graduate. Okay. So sorry, Dakota. I'm sorry. I got it wrong. You're forgiven. Okay, thanks. <laughs> continue (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah all right cool well we'll catch you next time but wait there's more bye 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 bye